But I want to start off talking about COVID-19, if we could, and the fact that now, according to Doug Ford, if you want to get tested, anyone can get tested at um, one of the facilities that the government is offering, the province is offering for COVID-19. Now, that's not the serology tests. Remember, we had Dr. Prebat Jha on. He is running the largest national COVID-related antibody, antibody study in Canada. And they are basically sending out these pinprick blood tests where you get your own blood and you put it into the vial that they um, supply for you and you send them back to the lab. And basically, uh, this is something they've taken on upon themselves. They don't actually have funding yet, but he said, you know, there's a good rule in pandemics that you do the science and you worry about the money later. So they're hoping to have all the samples back in July or um, and maybe get them the data crunch so that we'll have some results by the end of July or early August. And then they'll receive some federal funding so we can find out how many people have immunity to uh, COVID-19. And I know a lot of people want to find out if they have immunity and they like the idea of immunity passports. However, it is controversial. We're joined now by Dr. Kumanan Wilson. He's a, a physician scientist at the Ottawa Hospital and the creator of Can Immunize. Can Immunize rather. It's an app that provides vaccine reminders and reliable vaccine information to Canadians. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Can Immunize, can you tell us about this app? Because it's been, you're you're developing it so that it can work with uh, tracking COVID-19. Um, but can you tell us, it was already in existence, correct? What was it developed for? That's right. So this is an app funded by the Public Health Agency of Canada. And it's pan-Canadian, available in every province and territory, and it allows individuals to track their own immunizations, their family immunizations, and receive reminders and accurate information. It also gives you information about outbreaks. And in some jurisdictions, um, mainly in Ontario, we have permitted and are working with officials in public health, uh, parents to report their children's immunizations to public health so they can attend school. And, And that's present right now. And Ottawa, Toronto, Kingston, and a few other uh, jurisdictions. So the app basically consolidates all the information. It replaces those little yellow cards we used to have when we were kids. That's right. And you know, looking forward, uh, you know, we're, we're developing the app, but we're also scientists and thinking, you know, how can this help with COVID-19? And, and one of the thoughts that came into our head is, well, when the vaccine becomes available, you know, I think it's going to be particularly important to know if you receive that vaccine uh, and to have that certified in some way. Uh, because that's going to determine, particularly for, for example, frontline workers, whether they can work, how safe it is for them to work. And you started to think, you know, what, what is the best way to do this? Uh, we think this will absolutely need to be considered for the actual vaccine itself. And then we thought, is there an opportunity for maybe an interim measure with the, the antibody test? So we do recognize the current limitations of the science and some of the uh, ethical and legal concerns. How limited is science by our government? We take a pretty conservative approach to a lot of our testing, don't we? Uh, yes, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, with respect to the antibody test, uh, as you mentioned, Dr. Jaw's study, which is going to be very important, that's going to basically tell us not how many people have immunity, but how many people have the infection. It still remains uncertain what level of immunity you get and how long it lasts for. Uh, with regular cold viruses, the immunity may last for three to four months. With SARS, it was up to six to seven years. And so we don't know where COVID will fall in between, uh, but that's something the scientists need to figure out. Uh, and also what level of antibody confers that immunity. 
But Dr. Wilson, you believe that we should start preparing to roll out some sort of immunity passport system even before our antibody research is com complete. And if we don't know how long uh, immunity lasts for, why do you take that um, that stand on on wanting immunity passports? I think they need to be examined and considered. And then you mentioned with uh, the previous study that we don't want to do things sequentially in a pandemic. We don't want to wait for the science to mature and then say, okay, well, what can we do now technologically to make this operational? You know, I think these things need to be done in parallel. And if the science matures, and I expect we will establish some level of immunity will occur after uh, exposure, how can we best use that information to improve uh, care of patients and uh, help our economy reopen as well as help our frontline workers. So I, I think in a normal situation, we wait for the science to mature and then we would develop a solution, but we can't afford to wait every, every month has important implications. So I think the time is now to consider how this could happen together. And, and maybe it's not the right answer. Maybe it is the right answer, but we, we don't want to delay an, a solution uh, too long in, the, in this case. Earlier on, you mentioned that immunity only lasts so long, or we're figuring it might only last so long. G generally speaking, is that because of a change in our bodies or a change in the virus? It depends on the, the, how the virus induces an immune response in you and how powerful that is. And then in some cases, the virus does change as well. And, and this is going to be an important consideration, not only for natural immunity, but for the induced immunity from a vaccine. And this is something we're going to have to follow closely. You know, how long does the immunity last and, and do we, will we need booster vaccines? And, and that's why when considering if we are going to do some kind of immunity or immunization certification, it's probably going to be best done digitally as opposed to a paper record because the science is going to constantly evolve. And if you give a paper record that says you are immune and then we realize that immunity only lasts for six months or one year, you may have people who uh, erroneously believe they're immune. And with the digital record, that could be in real time changed. I guess one of the fears about uh, an immunity passport is the fact that we'll be dividing people into different classes, those with privileges, those without. Where do you stand on that? Like, how do we do this so that, um, you know, immunity passports, immunity badges, as some people call them, um, would actually be handed out in in a way that is f fair, reasonable, and and can can work so that we're not dividing people. So I, I think those are really important considerations, and and I don't think this is going to be feasible, practical at a population level. I don't. There's just not enough immunity out there from the looks of it for this to be worthwhile. But there could be specific applications where this could be very helpful. And, and I think the, the frontline worker case is, is where it could be really valuable. And we saw in the meatpacking plants, the inability to social distance and the recurrence of outbreaks when they reopened. If we can identify immunity, uh, those that might have immunity in frontline workers, and then use that to help guide the care uh, of people, uh, the, the vulnerable that they're looking after or or help the employers reopen safely, where we can immunologically distance people, where we can intersperse immune people between non-immune people. You know, I think that could be very valuable. So in those cases, the ethical legal issues are, are much less. Uh, you know, a frontline worker isn't going to purposely try to get themselves exposed uh, so that it provides them with immunity to go to work. Uh, and in those cases, I think it could really, really help with uh, the care of their patients or, or in the case of the meat packing plants or the dairy plants, helping the, the employers reopen safely.
ask you a question, and it involves our migrant workers. They've been in the news a lot lately, of course, because we've um, had three uh, migrant workers pass of COVID-19, and there are more that are infected. Uh, We've got a problem with Windsor-Essex not being able to fully open because of um, migrant workers with COVID-19. The government yesterday announced that they would allow migrant workers um, who are asymptomatic but they still tested positive. They're just not showing signs to continue working while infected. They basically be housed with other uh, asymptomatic patients, and then um, they would farm outside at a safe distance. How dodgy is that, in your opinion, as uh, as a scientist? Well, yeah, I think that example, that that specific case, is where immunologic testing could be valuable. These are are vulnerable workers, uh, and they're often social distancing is challenging in their employment. And if we could figure out a way to know for certain that some of them have developed some immunity and use that to intersperse the immune uh, amongst the non-immune, we could, I think, successfully reduce uh, reduce outbreaks in those communities. And and, I know there's been a lot of concerns about community passports and and how it may hurt the vulnerable. But I actually think in these cases, by using this science in the correct way, we can actually protect the vulnerable. I want to uh, end off where we started off talking about can immunize your app, which basically provides vaccine reminders and reliable vaccine information to Canadians. Uh, How important is it uh, that people download this and make sure they get their flu vaccine this year? Because I understand this is going to be a doozy of an influenza season they're expecting? I think it's more important than ever that people track their vaccines. Unfortunately, a casualty of COVID has been reduced vaccination rate. Uh, we've seen there's concerns about polio uh, outbreaks potentially occurring around the world because polio vaccine rates have been dropping and, and pediatric vaccination rates have been dropping in Canada. So I, I would encourage people to make sure that their records are up to date, that they're they and their family have uh, have been vaccinated and are on schedule. This app can help them use it, uh, can help them track. And as well with the flu season, I think, as, as you said, it's going to be doubly important they get a flu vaccine this year. Dr. Wilson, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.